Welcome to another episode of Swamp Donkey Radio. It's our second episode. I've missed you guys dearly. A week without talking baseball means a lot has happened. I am your host, Lorenzo, joined by producer Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How was your weekend? It was great. What'd you do this weekend? Give me a, give me a minute on the weekend. Minute? I'll give you less. Oh uh, wow, <laughs> man! A few words on a podcast. We love it. It's uh, it's not spring yet, but I did some spring cleaning. Oh, I had a little spring energy. You know, I bought a fake, another fake plant for my room. Yeah, I'm up to two fake plants. Ordered. I got me and Ronnie went shopping a couple weeks ago, and he bought a Lego bonsai tree. And I got really jealous, so I bought some Lego flowers this weekend. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I got real jealous of Did you. Did you get succulents? They are. It's yeah. a little cactus. Nice. So I was pretty happy about that. Dude, they're, they're fire. They are fire. And I needed something to do while I was watching spring training baseball, so I was like, I'm going to get some Lego succulents. But overall, good weekend? Yep. All right, good. I know you watched a lot of baseball, and that's what we're going to talk about. We got a lot on the agenda today. I'm really excited. I feel like it's the first time that baseball is officially back. We had games to watch, a lot of storylines, a big free agent signing. So we got your spring training updates. Cody Bellinger signing reaction. Is it fun? Is it not fun? We'll get to it. Some AO and NOS preview. And we have five questions from you guys we'll get to at the end of the show. As always, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Leave a rating on Spotify. I saw we're up to 35. I want to get to 100 before opening day. So make sure you leave a rating there. All right, Ronnie, let's get right into the action. Spring training games are officially back and it was a beautiful thing to witness. I know that you're really excited about a certain someone. But let's just start with, this is kind of, we're a little late to this, but the whole MLB jerseys and de- debuting in spring training, debuting, that's probably not a word, was pretty crazy. Just the whole see-through pants thing on Twitter. And I don't want to spend too long on this, but it just had me dying of laughter. Just being able to be like, there's, there was literal balls on the timeline. And not yeah. just baseballs. Yeah. There was players' balls just everywhere. And when we talked about this in the first episode, I thought it was going to be like a fun Swamp Talkie radio topic. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal. But after, it's like a real mainstream storyline now. Yeah, People were talking about it. I heard uh, Chris Rose and Trevor Plouffe talking about it. Check their show out. Really good. Baseball Today. And I was like, oh, so we're actually talking about this? It's a real thing? It's not just a joke? It's pretty insane. The jerseys look horrible after being able to watch some spring training games. And I think the side-by-sides of how they looked last year Mm -hmm. to this year and then seeing the players on the field wearing them, I mean, what are we doing, fellas? We got to get that under wraps. I feel like actually being able to watch the players play in them highlighted, these look horrible. So that's insane. I can't believe this is a real story that we're still talking about. I'm interested to see if there's actually a resolution because I don't know if right. there can be. Uh, it might be too late in the game. Maybe yeah. like halfway through the season they start like rolling out. Older. Switching them back. Or, or do they just wear the old ones? But that's like a different partnership. Yeah. And I'm assuming these took forever for Nike and MOB to collab on and figure out. And then it gives them out. Everyone hates them. The players hate them. Feels like they want to change them. But I'm assuming just like realistically there's a lot that goes into making them better. So I don't know if it's possible. And we might just be like... All right, there's a bunch of guys. It gets going to start raining, and you're going to see everyone's just like underwear on the field. (laughs) That could be tens of thousands of jerseys that they have to scrap. Dude, that's so many. And how many of them have they been put into retail and tried to sell? It's like a massive issue going on. And I didn't realize it was going to be this big of a story, and I'm happy with it because we host a podcast about baseball, so I need stuff to talk about. But it's insane that this is a story and that where was the market testing, fellas? 
Mm. Send a couple out. Are you like, are these good? Are these not good? And then some uh, college uniforms got released by Nike, and they're so fired. They're so good. They, they did have, a good job of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, in the same company. It's weird. It's weird. I mean, crazy that that's a story. I don't want to spend too long on it, but I just had to bring it up quickly just to talk about it. Some other things on the field that actually happened. Corbin Burns made his uh, spring training debut with the <laughs> Orioles. I don't know if you saw this. I just wanted to bring it up because for it clicked. In my head, I was like, oh, damn, you're always going to be really good this year. Dude, I had the same reaction. <laughs> I saw him, and I was like, I forgot for a second because the offseason moves and happened to another player I'll talk about in a second. You kind of forget in the offseason that these players actually end up on their new teams. And then once it really happens, you're like, oh, yeah, Corbin Burns is a Cy Young winner. He's on the Baltimore Orioles. As a Red Sox fan, he's in my division, and he looks awesome in the Orioles uniform. Same thing happened to me with Soto. I know that. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you fanboy every now and then. He he looked great in a Yankees uniform. Hit an oppo tank. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was, it was, beautiful. It, it was a beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of hitting. Yeah. <laughs> Just what you want to see out of Soto. Who I I texted Ronnie this, and I mean it. It feels like we're gonna have a Soto Judge race to fifty homers. Remember when uh, Stanton first got traded to the Yankees? Yep. And everyone was like, the one-two power hitters that the Yankees are built on. I'm starting to feel that more now yeah. than I did then. Because I'm like, oh, Soto contract year, Judge is going to hit 50 homers. That's kind of a lock if he's healthy. That would be a fun story if it was a race to 50 That'd between be awesome. them. Yeah. And just same teams, just like, who's who's going to do it first? Who's going to win the MVP? So that was pretty cool. Dodgers scored eight runs in their very first inning of spring training. That happened a couple days ago, but, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be really good. Like, really, really good. Did you see Yamamoto's glove? I did. It was actually really cool. It was cool. Yeah. Senga had the same thing last year when he came over and he had like the, the ghost fork on his glove. Yeah. And everyone was like, that's a cool glove. Yeah. Then I saw Yamamoto's and I was like, he might have one-upped him. Another storyline, this is kind of off the field, but Tim Anderson signed a one-year $5 million contract with the Marlins. I forgot the Marlins were like a playoff team last year. They were, yeah. That blew me away. Tim Anderson used to be a really good baseball player. Top shortstop. Used to be like... We talk about Aura a lot on this show. Yeah. He had Aura for a little bit there. The Field of Dreams game. Oh, man. That yeah. was when Tim Anderson was like a cool dude. That might that might have been peak Tim Anderson. That might have been peak. And now it kind of feels like there is no Aura. He might have been one of the worst. He was one of the worst players in baseball last year. He gets a one-year deal with the Marlins. They're a team with a lot of fun guys. Jazz Chisholm on that team. They got yeah. a lot of swag. Sandy. And they're Sandy, he's out for the year. We learned. Sorry yeah, about that. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they got they have fun guys on their team. So maybe Tim Anderson has a bounce back year. I was just, it was just weird for me to be comprehend, oh, Tim Anderson isn't a White Sox anymore because that felt like a lock for a, a really long time. Some more sad news. You know how much I hate spring training injuries. Yeah. Kodai Senga. Oh. Tough one for the Mets here, man. I mean, I'm going to spend a minute on this because this is like a serious one. Yeah. He has a shoulder strain. He's going to be out for three weeks. They announced he won't be throwing. Project maybe a mid to late May return, but you never really know. I did not realize he's 31 years old. I forget. Maybe because the whole Yamamoto sweepstakes happened, and he's like, oh, he's 25. He's a stud. He's coming over to the United States to play baseball. And then that made me forget, oh, the reason Yamamoto is so coveted is because he's 25 mm -hmm. and Senga 31. The difference there. I forgot about that. I mean, you are obviously most Mets fans know that, but I forgot. And it blew me away because I looked at last year's opening day roster for the Mets and their rotation was Verlander, Scherzer, Senga. This year after the Senga injury, it's Luis Severino, Jose Quintana, and Sean Manaya. 
That's after a year in baseball, man, so much can change for your team. I mean, going into last year, you might have argued that they had the best top three in baseball. And now this year, it's like, I mean, they're in Red Sox territory with that rotation. It's not, it's not what you're looking for. I mean, maybe one of them pops and they have some good young guys, but I mean, a Mets fan, you got to be pretty upset right now is that Sunga, who was really good last year, 166 innings, which was awesome for them. He had a free ERA. And now coming back this year, it's like, oh, he's just going to be out for how long? Obviously, if you're a Mets fan, you guys know more. And Jolly hosts a really good Mets podcast. You guys should listen to it. But a 298 ERA in his first season in Major League Baseball, that's insane. 29 starts, 166 innings. I mean, tough to see him hurt. Really sad. You guys know my least favorite thing is injuries in spring training. So bummed about this one. Hopefully he gets back and the Mets don't. Struggle too much about him because, you know, I'm kind of rooting for the Mets. Last week, I talked so much about Liam Hendricks and being a trade deadline acquisition. And then he set this deadline and I said, Liam, I'm going to listen to you, man. You know, I'm a vo- I'm a man of the people. You tell me something, I'm going to communicate it to everybody. You want to know what you did? You went and ignored your own deadline. You signed a two-year contract with the Red Sox, who are maybe the greatest organization at signing guys who are injured and maybe will come back next year. They did this with James Paxton. Yep. They've done this a couple times now. They just love giving out those two-year, $10 million contracts, which is what they gave Liam Hendricks, where it's like, hey, you'll pitch one year for us, and that's about it. So he's a Red Sox now. We'll see what happens there. Other Red Sox news, Rafi Devers had some stuff to say this week. He said, hey, ownership, we all know what this team needs. Now, that might not seem like that big a deal, but the fact that Devers, who is still pretty young, has never been that vocal of a guy on the Red Sox, is going to a press conference and telling ownership, we need more people. It's an interesting look. I don't know how, I'll ask you how you feel about it, Ronnie, as a Yankees fan, but as a Red Sox fan, I like it, but it is very weird to have your star player publicly call out ownership. Doesn't really happen that much in baseball, I feel like, and there's another example I'm about to address with Mike Trout, where it's the complete opposite, and some would say their pedigree is very different. I like it because I think he's right. They do need to do something. They're wasting prime years of his career, but like if Judge did that to the Yankees, how would you feel? I mean, Judge and Judge is basically the ownership right now. That's true. Uh, I mean, they signed him for so long, so it's kind of like Judge can literally ask for whatever he wants. True. Um, but Devers, I like it because it shows that he is not kind of like the Mike Trout type. Yeah. Where Mike Trout's like, man, I just want to play baseball. Mm-hmm. I just want to go out there. I want to win. But he doesn't really look like he wants to win. Yeah. But Devers calling out the front office is just like, you can't say that he's going away into that good night. I agree. I, I like that point. I That's how I felt. I really liked that he's calling them out because also he's right. Yeah. And even if it's not the best look as a teammate and as a leader, because you do have 162 games, you got to go and play with these guys in the locker room. And by saying we don't have enough, you're kind of directly saying to the people around you that maybe they're not good enough, which I'm not, I've never been in the major league locker room. I don't know what that dynamic is like and how people would communicate that to each other. It is an interesting concept to me to when you publicly call out that your team's not good enough and then you have to go play with that roster. Like, does anyone get offended? Is there, how does the politics of that work? I am interested in that, but I do agree and I like that he's saying, hey, I'm a really good baseball player. I've watched Xander Bogarts leave. I've watched Mookie Betts leave. I've watched Chris Sale leave. I won a World Series with this team. You guys paid me $300 million. I'm going to speak up because I can. I got my money. I'm here for a long time, and I want to be a winner. Side note, as a Red Sox fan, I recently re- realized that both Mookie Betts 
and Xander Bogarts are going to be opening day second baseman mm-hmm. when they were Mookie Betts has been a perennial gold glove right fielder. Xander Bogarts was a shortstop for so long, and now they're both opening day second baseman, which I did not have on my bingo card. That's very weird in my head. And they both got paid. I mean, obviously, Mookie's one of the best players in baseball, and Bogarts is really, really good. My favorite player ever. It's just a weird little fun fact I found. Speaking of players calling out their teams, Mike Trout, this is a while ago, but I just wanted to bring this up real quick because it gave me an NBA comp, and I'm a big basketball fan. Mike Trout doesn't want to be traded. He would said it was the easy way out, and immediately I just thought my dude is doing the whole Dame Lillard approach yeah. where he's going to die with his team until yeah. he gets to his, like, really mid-30s, and maybe he's toward the end of his, like, I can be a really good baseball player, and then does he ask for a trade? Because he's like, all right. I only got a few years left. I wish Trout was a little bit more stern here. I love when players stay with an organization for their whole career. I think that's beautiful, especially when they retire their jersey and there's that connection to the fans. But, like, the lack of, I don't know. Urgency? I don't even want to blame Trout because he's doing the right thing. He's doing everything you want to see a player do. He's loyal to his, his team. You know, he wants to win with that team that drafted him and signed him. So I don't really know where my frustration lies. Maybe it's ownership. Maybe it's the fact that in baseball, there is more of that. You stick with your team. You're As the one player, you can't really impact your team as much as you could in other sports because I want to see Trout get the spotlight more, and I, he's such a good player that I want him to be like, hey, trade me to a contender. But at the same time, I don't know. It, it's I'll let Angels fans comment below. You guys let me know how you feel about it. It frustrated me more with the concept that Trout is going to be in that market and there's no real hope. It's upsetting to me because, you know, it'd be cool if he kind of had a Harper moment where he went to the a different team and then they were contenders for like four years in a row. Where it's like Harper left the Nationals, who were good, and then he went to the Phillies and he's been in the playoffs every year since. So I would like that approach for him. But also, he's loyal. You got to respect it. That's basically all I had on spring training. Did anything stand out to you this week, Ronnie, that you want to address? Or are you all good? I had one moment where I was just gushing. Um, <laughs> you were gush? Good use of the word there. I saw the uh, the throw from Adley to Jackson Hall. Oh, <laughs> that was beautiful, man. Oh, dude. It's crazy how much, like, I'm. we're a big Jackson Holiday pod, but it's crazy how ready people are to just, like, put him in the MLB, which, in MLB, which he probably will make the roster at some point this year. He is only 20 years old. Yeah. And as, an or- as the Orioles organization, I wonder how, like, willing they'll be to just, like, push him to to major league baseball already because at 20 like he probably can make an impact he's probably one of their best players but there is that whole like contract length and the earlier you bring him up and all that stuff and they have a really good team so i'm interested to see if he like makes the opening day roster at 20 years old because that would be pretty wild or if they like wait till like the end of the year and then call him up or wait till like an injury happens and call him up and let him start off and trip away but he was just drafted in 2022 and now he's going to be on the major league roster in 2024. That's pretty wild for a hitter. Crazy turnaround. That's a crazy turnaround. Also, I did not realize he's only six feet tall. Yeah. No, Do we think he gets a couple more inches in there? Yeah. Uh, six two by the end of his growing growth spurt. <laughs> uh, let's see. He's listed six foot, which means he's probably five eleven, five ten, five eleven. So, but but he's still growing, which is such a weird concept to say yeah. for an athlete. Like he'll yeah. probably be like six two by the time he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is insane, but yeah, that was that was pretty hot. The Orioles are going to be a lot of fun this year. I'm excited to watch them. Now let's get into 
our main first main topic of the show, or second main topic of the show, the Cody Bellinger signing. Before that, we do have a new face of the show. Uh, we got an official moose who is, if for everyone confused, a swamp donkey is a moose. I saw a lot of comments confused about that. And we need help naming him. We got some leaders in the clubhouse right now, but I won't spoil it. We'll get back to it next episode. Comment below what you want us to name our new moose. Now, division preview and prediction and Cody Ballinger reaction. Cody Ballinger signs. We have the Chicago Cubs. Little anticlimactic there. Free year, $80 million contract with an opt-out after the first and the second year. Cody Ballinger is currently 28 years old. This season, he'll be making $30 million. If he opts in, he'll get 30 the next year. If you opt in instead of final year, he'll get 20. Now, this is basically a one-year $30 million contract. Basically. Pretty good. Also, not what I expected from Bellinger. Uh, I'm interested in how to approach this because he was really good on the Cubs last year. After a couple tough years with the Dodgers, he had a bounce-back year, and I really liked him on the Cubs. I wanted him to resign there. It does kind of feel like a... Desperate's the wrong word. Maybe a um, last-minute signing or a... Rushed. Rushed. Yeah, that's a good That's a good word. Rush signing because last year he had a 133 OPS plus, 881 OPS. Best year of his career in a, like a long time, since probably his MVP year. Right. It was his best year. And a lot of people expected him to get a multi-year contract, maybe $100 million. Scott Boris was his agent. He was patient, waited it out, and he ends up with that kind of that weird opt-out years. Let's do a one-year 30, and then I'll test the market again at uh, 29 years old. Now, there's two sides to this. If he goes out and replicates what he does did last year for the Cubs, he's guaranteed a $100 million contract. Like, if two years in a row, if he has an 850 OPS, 133 OPS plus, he's going to get a, a longer-term deal. Because right now, I guess if you're a team, you're like, hey, you had one good year with the Cubs, but the previous two years before that— you were a bit lackluster. What's your future look like? So maybe that's why there was some hesitancy. I would have gave him a contract if I were a team. I like him. I like his projections. I've always been a Bellinger fan. When his swing is right, it's beautiful. But it does kind of make me think more about the rest of free agency than Bellinger himself because he literally just went back to the team he was on. Nothing changed. And I think the Cubs have a chance to win the division this year. We'll talk about that next episode. So I like this move for them. But now we got Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell. And there has been a lot of rumors of Jordan Montgomery potentially potentially coming to the Red Sox. I don't believe it'll happen. And then there was some Snell to the Yankees rumors. Do Now do we think that we're going to get a similar path for Montgomery and Snell where they take a short-term deal with a bunch of opt-outs with a high AAV? I don't think so. But at this point, it's interesting because Bellinger gave in. We are at... March, February 26th, spring training games are officially happening. We're a month away from opening day. It probably takes longer for pitchers who need spring training than hitters. Yep. Do we see that needle move for Montgomery or Snell, who you have to imagine both want five years minimum contracts, mm -hmm. and our team's just going to wait them out, and then they end up taking that one year? I mean, Snell can't do it because he's never going to have a better year than he did last year. I mean, he has two Cy Youngs, but he won the Cy Young last year, yeah. so he has to wait out. Right. But Montgomery interests me more. Does he kind of come down on the AAV to get a longer-term contract? Does he do the one-year with an opt-out? Like, does he do a four-year, $120 million deal, but there's an opt-out after each season? Or does he say, hey, I'll take less AAV, but give me six years? I'm not sure where we're going to land on it, but we've went from, okay, we're in a stalemate, 
to Bellinger broke that stalemate a little bit. He's not a pitcher, so it's a different market. So now we're kind of in a, who's going to cave? Is there going to be another injury in spring training and someone just gives a lot of money? I thought the Mets maybe, but their payroll's too high, so they didn't do it with Senga. Or is it a, we'll wait until you literally, you'll literally sign us at whatever dollar amount we need, no matter what month it is. I don't know which direction we're going to go there. It's interesting. The Snell to the Yankees rumors didn't feel real to me. Never, I don't know about you. Never felt real to me, at least. Didn't feel real to me. Unless there was another injury, I just I didn't see that happen. I feel the same way about Red Sox and Montgomery. It doesn't feel real to me. A lot of the rumors were Red Sox are waiting on Montgomery's contract price to come down. And if you're really interested in a guy and you're just waiting for him to drop $10 million off his ask or $20 million, then I feel like you're not really interested in the guy. Right. Because if you wanted him, you just give him the money, especially when you're a big market team like that. So it feels like there is, if the price lowers, other teams would just come in and, and swoop him up if he's going to come for a discounted deal. Interested to see how that goes. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give the Cody Bounder signing a 6. It was kind of boring. I wish he went to a, or I wish he got a bigger contract because now he's just going to be a free agent again after the season. So go out there and ball. I wish you the best, Cody, but I wish it was a little bit more spice. Are you ready to get into our division previews, Ronnie? I'm so excited. I'm excited too. Now, I did a lot of research on these. I don't know the most about the AO and NL West. You guys probably know a little bit more than me when it comes to your teams. But what I've done is I did a lot of research. I've predicted how many games I think it's going to cost to win the division. So how many games a team is going to have to win to win the division. I have that as a prediction. And then I ranked one through five what I think the division will look like at the end of the year. Let's start with the AL West. I think it's going to take 93 games to win this division. It took 92 last year. The Astros won it with 92 games. Right. Down year Astros. Down year Astros. Last day of the season. Yeah. They won the division. Crazy. This year, I think 93 because I think we have a really solid division the more I look into it. I think we have three teams who could be in the playoffs, one really bad team, and then one probably bad team, but like in the 70-win range, not like horrible, horrible, but because they get to play this really bad team a lot. We'll start with our worst team. In fifth place, we got the Oakland A's. I mean, I wrote literally one sentence on them as I did my show prep for this. I was like, what should I say about the Oakland A's? And... It was hard for me to put it in one sentence because I didn't want to waste more than one sentence on them. And I landed on the one word that, or the one sentence I found proper was, the fans deserve better. And that's how I feel about them. I'm not going to break down their roster or anything because I don't think they want to break down their roster. They're not putting the thought into it, so why should we put the thought into it? I want to root for them. Did you see their spring training jerseys? No. I liked them a lot. They had a cool yellow hat going on. They're always so fun to, so fun to look at. Aesthetically pleasing, yes. Aesthetically pleasing, but bad. So I, I feel for you A's fans. I'm sorry that you have to deal with this. Do better ownership. Next, we got the Angels. Now, I feel like fifth and fourth for such a lock in this L- division. Lock. Just a lock. I mean, nothing's moving here for me. Losing Otani is pretty hard to get past for me in terms of Angels watchability, Angels excitement. Maybe they rally around and they get off to a good start and then, you know, they go get some help, but I don't know. They've had the best player maybe of our generation two of the best players of our generation, and nothing happened, and then they just lost one. Trout has only played over 100 games once in his last three seasons. Really? A lot of injuries for Mike Trout. That's a storyline that doesn't isn't, get talked about enough. Yeah, it's not, and I'm happy it doesn't get talked about enough because it's a really sad one for me. Like, I don't like seeing a player who's great get injured a lot, especially as he gets into his 30s. It kind of signals, like, 
I don't know, a lot of wear and tear. Also, they've been bad the past couple of years. So when he gets injured, I'm assuming he's not rushing back from the injury. They're like, hey, take your time. There's no need for you to come back. We're eliminated from the playoffs. It does make me sad because as an Angels fan, if you're going to watch this team day in and day out, at least you want to watch Mike Trout in the prime of his career or maybe the back end of his prime. So that's a little unfortunate. I didn't like that stat. I am willing to listen, though. I will be swayed on the Angels roster if you guys have points to sway me because I looked, nothing moved me. If they get Snell, does that do anything? Because they've been linked to Snell. It's a good question. The Angels are really good at signing free agents. I'll give them that. Um, no, it doesn't move me at all. Yeah, I like I like that they're spending money on pitching. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I could see Snell with an Angel kind of blowing up though. Like I could see that being like not the best contract, <laughs> which be. I don't want to make that like negative take, but I don't know. It doesn't move me because I don't like the rest of their roster that much. But again, Angels fans, you let me know. Where should I be looking if I do believe in this roster? If Snell signs with the Angels, I'll be proud of them for taking the money that they didn't spend on Otani and spending it. I'll give them that. Like, hey, you didn't just, like, rest on your laurels. You said, we lost Otani, but Trout, we still believe in you. Here is Blake Snell. So I'll give them that. Blake Snell would have to be on a really good team to move me. Next, we have the Mariners. Now, this is the team I am most excited to talk about. I really digged into them. Last year, they should have made the playoffs, in my opinion. And they had a horrible September. They went 11-17. and 17. They played the Astros and uh, Rangers a ton to, down the stretch. And it cost them a postseason. But after digging in a little deeper, I have a few predictions for this team that I really hope for. Now, we got the X-Factors, which I think everyone can agree with. Mm-hmm. Their rotation. Hot. Top three of their rotation. Going to be tough to find a better top three in baseball. You got Luis Castillo. Disgusting. One of my favorite pitchers to watch. Logan Gilbert. Tall. Good. Fun. And then my guy, who I'm officially casting as my AL Cy Young pick this year, Whoa. George Kirby. Whoa. I'm in on him, dude. What? <laughs> this is my fun AL Cy Young pick for the year. I did some research. I have the right to change my mind because we will do an episode before the season officially casting. But right now, this is my leader in the clubhouse for Cy Young, George Kirby. In just his second season last year, he had a 3.35 ERA. You know, it was good. I'm not going to blow you away. It was a great, good good stat line. Right. What really moved me, he had 172 strikeouts. Okay. Didn't get to that 200 mark, but only 19 walks, which led the league. Whoa. He also threw 190 innings. 19 walks and 190 innings. I like that a lot. Some would say he could try to walk a little bit more to get the strikeout number up. But if he's able to get that number above 200, maybe to that 250 mark this year, in his third season... He's going to throw a lot of innings. Pitches in Seattle. Pretty friendly ballpark for a pitcher. I really like what I see there out of George Kirby. He's my prediction. I'm invested in him. He also threw a knuckleball once, and that was all that it takes to win me over. You throw a knuckleball, I'm in. He threw that knuckleball in honor of Tim Wakefield, and I said, George, you got me. (laughs) Because that's Kirby. Interesting name. He also doesn't, like, um... I looked at George Kirby, and he doesn't win you over flash-wise. He's just a—he looks like a George, you know? He's just checking off the boxes, decent-looking dude in Seattle, just shoving, and I like it. My Seattle bias is showing a little bit, but that's my fun prediction for Cy Young this year. It'd be a good one. They also brought in Mitch Garver, Jorge Polanco, brought back Mitch Hanniger, who hit a tank in his spring training debut yesterday. You love that. To bolster their lineup, uh, Mitch Garver is a fun one for me. All he does is hit. He has an 825 OPS in his career, 
but has never played over 100 games because he's a catcher. I'm thinking we're going to get to see a little bit more DH out of Mitch Garver this year in Seattle as well. So when he is hitting, he hits. So I would like to see them use him a little more. I really wanted to put the Mariners in the top two of my division. I think there's a chance they make the playoffs. But there is like two teams above them that are really good. They also traded away Robbie Ray. Yep. They lost some guys this offseason. Teoscar Hernandez. True. Their bullpen's also nasty, though. I don't know. We could go both ways on them. But I really want to believe in the Mariners. You give me a five-game winning streak in April. I'm coming in a Mariners jersey. Also, Julio Rodriguez, have an MVP year. Yeah. Just go out and get that. Yeah. He could be my MVP as well. I could just go all in on the Mariners and say, F it, Cy Young MVP. I'm not going to. No, don't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's do too it. early. I got to look into the MVP more. But Cy Young pick, that's my early fun one. Next up, we got the Astros. Mm. Now, I'm putting them second. Okay. Because I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't really think the regular season is going to matter too much for them. Last year, I feel like they wanted to lose the division, but then the Rangers gave it to them. Like, the Rangers should have won the AL West last year, and then last day, the Astros won it. But the Rangers were... Wire to wire, a complete team. And at the end, they kind of, you know, they left left off the gas a little bit. Then they won the World Series. So they were the best team in that division. They re-signed Jose Altuve. Bregman is in his last year under contract. Tucker, two seasons left under contract. I did not know Kyle Tucker had 112 RBIs last season He's to lead the lead, uh, AL. He's incredible. That's insane. I would like to see a Tucker contract extension this year. Kind of lock him up. I want to see him free hit free agents. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd be good in a lot of ballparks. Yeah. Come to Boston. One went away from an AOCS appearance last year, which is crazy when you think about how quickly sports narratives change. If the Astros beat the Rangers in that game seven, they're in another AOCS. Instead, it's kind of like now it's the Rangers division, all from that one game. Changes yeah. really fast. No more Dusty Baker, which I do think is a really important narrative because yeah. there's been like a couple errors of the Astros. You had the 2017 to 2019 Astros was just unreal. They had that scandal. They were unreal. Then that whole thing went down. The baseball world turned on them. They brought in Dusty Baker, who people might have had issues with around his use of certain catchers who we'll talk about and other stuff, but he objectively brought a piece and like identity to that team. He protected the players, they rallied around him, and they went on to win a World Series, and they've been good since. And the culture I think Dusty brought in is really important for a veteran team with so much expectations on them every single year. He did a fantastic job, and I hope you enjoy retirement, and I would love to be your friend. So if you want to be my friend, Dusty, you could also be my mentor, because I do understand there's an age gap. But <laughs> I'll allow for both. But I do think that's a big storyline heading into the season. They have a new manager, Joe Espada. I think is how you pronounce his last name. There is some pressure on him to continue this Astros dynasty, if you want to call it that, or just a really good run without Dusty. Also, they brought in Josh Hader. Ryan Presley and Josh Hader. That's a sick back end of the bullpen, man. And their catcher will be Yanir Diaz. No more Martin Maldonado. Now, Jake... Talking baseball, always talks about this, and I really got into him at the end of the year. He's a really good catcher, and I love a good catcher. He had an 846 OPS and 23 homers last year in 104 games. You got to imagine you're going to see more of like 130 games out of him this year and let him run. Now you got Tucker, you got Diaz, Altuve still doing it, Bregman still doing it, Jordan Alvarez. There's a lot of dudes on this roster. Verlander is going to start the injury, uh, start the season on. The injured list, after spring training, he's 41 years old. But they still got Framber, Christian Javier. They could have a Cy Young winner of their own on this team. Who knows? 
A lot of good dudes. But I am going to put them in second because I do think there's a little, little small question marks I want to see as the season goes on. And we all know the season doesn't start for the Astros till October. Now, we have the Rangers as my division winner. I went back and forth on this one a lot because I don't think it's actually an easy pick to pick the Rangers to win the division. No. Because health is my biggest concern with this team. They're really good when they're healthy. And they just won a World Series. They proved they can win on the road. They can prove they can win at home. They proved they have the talent to be the best team in baseball at any time. But there is a lot of risks on this team. I mean, Corey Seager, some health injury, health concerns of him throughout his career. Jacob DeGrom starts the season on the injured list. Max Scherzer starts the season on the injured list. There's a lot of guys on this team, when healthy are good, but repeating as a World Series champion after playing all those games last year can be very difficult. And I'm assuming they're not going to be pressuring to win the division after they won the World Series on the road last year because it doesn't really matter to them. As long as they're healthy, they're going to be good. Now, Seager is recovering from a sports hernia surgery he had in the offseason. DeGrom has come back from his second Tommy John surgery, which is, I mean, concerning. Scherzer won't be back till July, and he turns 40. Maybe maybe he'll be back earlier than that, but he does turn 40 in July. DeGrom's not back till August. Now, the player that interests me the most is Marcus Simeon. Yeah. He has only missed one game in the last three seasons. Iron Man. In his last five seasons, he's played 806 of 810 possible games. He's 33 years old. Coming off a season when he played 179 of 179 games. I mean, just the most impressive stat, in my opinion, you're going to see. And he was good. He wasn't just out there. He was freaking nasty. I'm curious how they go with managing that this year. If they just say, hey, go play another 162. He is 33 years old. He can play every single day. Again, you just want a World Series. Do you want to put that emphasis on the regular season? With Seager's injury, you kind of need Simeon out there every single day. If he does another 162 out of 162, that's going to be crazy. So I'm interested to see that storyline develop as well. Can he be an Iron Man again? Probably, because that's all he does. And there's a couple young guys, Evan Carter and Josh Young. Fourth in the Rookie of the Year last year for Josh Young. Evan Carter only played 23 games, but there's a lot of expectations around him as a Rangers fan. So, can those two guys blossom, win the division title? I think they can. Who would your division winner have been, Ronnie? I'm I'm back and forth on the Astros and Rangers. It's a, t- it's a really tough one. I think we're going to get the same thing we got last year. But the thing is, though, you going into last year, no one thought the Rangers were going to win the World Series. True. So it's kind of like that could have been – they're a good team. Could have been like they, we obviously might see some regression and obviously all those injuries. So I'm kind of inclined to think that the Astros – had a lot of injuries, but Altuve was out for an extended amount. He missed a good amount of games last year, yeah. Um, and so did Jordan. So, like, if that if they're healthy, which they usually have been, I can see the Astros just. So, I think I think I'm gonna go Astros, Rangers, and then same the rest. I respect that. I was really tempted to pick the Astros, and I probably would have if I didn't. I don't know. I just believe in the Rangers a little bit more. I like that they. I like their young talent. I like their roster, but I do think it's going to come down to game one sixty two again. Like if it takes ninety three games to win this division, you're going to have to win every single game against. Like in uh, in September, you're going to have to be perfect because mm-hmm. the Astros. If you leave the door open, they're winning the division just like they did last year. So interesting to see what everyone else has, and don't sleep on the Mariners for the World Series, Ronnie. I mean, no uh, one's no one believed in the Rangers last year. Can they be this year's? <laughs> 
Rangers. Dude, I'm rooting for them so hard. The Red Sox start the season on the road in Seattle. It's a weird start to the season. 10 p.m. start. And my heart's... I'm rooting for the Red Sox, obviously, but I know we're going to get swept. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the NL West. Now, we had both of our World Series teams from the West divisions last year and not the teams that people expected. Going in, you had the Dodgers and the Astros as your World Series picks, and the two other teams from the West said, hey, we got something to say. Now, let's start in fifth. I think... It's probably going to take 105 games to win this division. <laughs> going to take a lot. 105? Is that your line? That's my line. I don't think I think Dodgers are winning 105, not to spoil who I got. But, I mean, Rockies, they're fifth. I mean, this division is just too good. And I think they're going to, unfortunately, I don't think they're as bad as the A's, but unfortunately they're going to get beat up on because there's a lot of teams who are going to be fighting for a playoff spot, and the Rockies are bad. So, tough year in Denver. Tough. Tough. Now, this is the hardest 2-3-4 I've had to make in my mind because I think that two of these teams are the exact same. The two is probably a little bit more clear. But in four, if I went with the Padres, wow. and it was tough, and I wanted to put them higher, but I just I kind of need to see it because I keep buying into the talent, and I've been the biggest Padres believer the past couple of years, but they did just trade away Juan Soto. And I, they brought in Michael King, Johnny Brito, but they also lost Blake Snell. So they lost a Cy Young winner. Till now. Till now. Maybe. <laughs> what if he goes back? If he does, then I'll change my mind. They lost a Cy Young winner, and they lost who everybody thinks is the front runner to win MVP this year. That's tough for me to get around in my head. That's a lot, of, that's a lot to lose in an offseason, and I don't think they replaced it. They're coming off a really disappointing season, and I wonder if... Bogart's second year, he'll establish. Tatis, full year, he'll come back. He'll be nasty. I do believe in that. But there is a little bit of, there's question marks, man, because Tatis only had a 770 OPS last year. And I'm not one of those guys who's like, you know, steroids, can he do it? But he wasn't great last year. So we do need to see it. And I think he will do it, but we do need to see it. It's not like he missed a lot of games last year either. He played 140. So it's like we need to see him have that MVP caliber year. And Bogarts needs to be better, too. He wasn't great last year either. So it's like he only had a 790 OPS. So those two-star guys you're paying $300 million contracts to, neither of them had an 800 OPS. And Soto was your second or your best hitter with Machado last year. And he's gone. So those guys both need to take a step up. I think they can do it, but I need to believe in it. And if you're a Padres fan, that was Bogarts' first season with an under 800 OPS since 2017. And he's now your second baseman. Again, I believe in him. I think he can be good. But there are question marks there for me to fully buy into. Also, their rotation. You know, you Dar- uh, Darvish is getting up there in age. Yeah. Joe Musgrove is really, really good. But they did lose Blake Snell. And he was nasty. So, I got questions about them. Will water find its level? Like, will they just be a little better? Because last year they were so disappointing. Is it an addition by subtraction thing? I think this team and the next team I'm going to talk about are the same team in my head. New manager for the Padres, too. New manager for the Padres. Bob Melvin is out. There's a lot of questions around this team. Could go either way for me. I'm not sure. It's a tough one for me to place. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know where they're going to land. I know. I, I can see it hurts you a little bit. Yeah, because I could be wrong. Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot. Because if Tatis is as good as everyone thinks he's going to be this year, and I think he's capable of that, and he just goes out and win MVP, all of a sudden, they're a lot better than you expect him to be. I think so. And if... Ronnie thinks so. And if Bogarts is just as good as he's been in his career, that's a big step up from what he was last year. So those two step-ups alone should make them a better team. So I do I do have hope in them. We'll see. 
I did put the Giants above them, and this is strictly because I want the Giants to be good this year. I think they're probably, I looked up the the line on what their win prediction for the year. They're both 82 and a half. The exact same win prediction. Padres and Giants? Padres Giants. 82 and a half. And I agree. I think they're the same team. I think that the Padres have a lot more star power, obviously, with Tatis and Bogarts and Machado. But I think the Giants could be a little bit more deeper of a team. They brought in uh, Ho Lee. They brought in Robbie Ray. They brought in Jordan Hicks. They brought in Jorge Soler. So there's some guys. Robbie Ray has, Robbie Ray has won a signing in his career. Can he get back to that? Jordan Hicks was the most like coveted reliever. Could be a starter. I think he is going to start for the Giants this offseason. Jorge Soler hit a ton of homers last year. We'll see how uh, we'll see how Ho Lee does in his first year with the Giants. Now they've been trying to land every big free agent possible. Like for the past few years, they were in on Correa. They were in on Judge. They were just in on J.D. Martinez before they signed Soler. He's not a big free agent, but he also said no to them. I think it was a four. They gave him a one-year, fourteen-year offer, and he wanted twenty. So there, there's just been a lot of declining the Giants lately, and I don't love it because I want the Giants to be good, and they're willing to spend money, and I respect that. So can Holy be their guy? They gave him a lot of money. Can he be a stud for them? I'm rooting for him. We saw Yoshida come over last year. He was really good in the first half of the year. Fell off in the second half of the year. He needs to bounce back. I'm interested to see how the first season goes for him. Now. Robbie Ray and Alex Cobb start the season hurt. A lot of pressure on their rotation, especially in this division that I think is going to be down to the wire win-wise. Can Jordan Hicks become a starter? I don't love the pipeline of a nasty reliever becoming a starter. I almost just want you to let them do what they do great instead of forcing them to try to be something they're not. We see I've seen this a lot with the Red Sox the past few years. I kind of bring it back to them because they're what I watch the most. They got Garrett Whitlock. He's a nasty reliever. They keep forcing him to be a starter, and he kind of made as a starter. So just let him be nasty. We'll see how Jordan Hicks goes, but I don't love that. Can the Giants take a page out of the D-backs book is a big storyline I looked for. Can they embrace small ball? They stole the least bases in baseball last year. They stole less bases last year than they did in 2022, and the bases were bigger. <laughs> so not where you're looking for. That was a big goal of them this offseason was to get more athletic. Tyro Estrada stole 24 bases. No other player on the Giants stole more than four bases last year. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Like, come on, guys. We got to be a little faster out there, man. We got big bases. Take a chance. (laughs) So, I mean, Acuna's still 70. Yeah. Still, like, more than the whole Giants team. And I've talked about believing in their lineup and their starting pitcher. Starting pitcher scares me a little bit. Logan Webb is kind of the only lock every five days. He's a Cy Young candidate every single year. As I talked about it, I could be swayed to moving the Padres up because yep. I like their potential more. I feel like the Giants have a lot of, they kind of know what you're going to get. And the Padres have a lot of boom or bust guys. Bust is the wrong word because they're all like $300 million players. But you know what I mean. High ceilings. So we'll come back. Maybe I'll move it, Ronnie. We'll come back. Okay. Diamondbacks in second. I think this is pretty lock for me. I mean, this was the hardest for me just because I believe in the Diamondbacks. And I believe in the, I think the Padres and Giants both could be good, but anyone in their right mind right now has to put the Diamondbacks over those other two teams just because, A, they were in the World Series last year. They didn't have the best regular season, so it is hard to, them and the Rangers, as you forget, they got into the playoffs. The Diamondbacks were a wild card team and they went to the World Series. And I kind of want to immediately make that translate to regular season success. I don't know if it does, but I'm going to buy into it just because I have the most confidence in their floor. I think the Padres, and Giants floor could be like 75 wins. I don't see a world 
where the Diamondbacks have less than 84 wins, which is what I believe they had last year. Yeah. So I don't see a world where they are worse than last year, especially with the moves they made. Let me just check on that. They got so much better. Yeah, I want to make sure what their record was. Yeah, 84 wins last year. There's no way in my mind that this Diamondbacks team has less wins than that. So I have them at like an 88-89 game win mark. They brought in Eduardo Rodriguez, Eugenio Suarez, Jock Peterson, Randall Gritchick. I talked to our stats and research guy here at John Boy Media, Dalton Feely. He's a giant D-backs fan. And I asked him, hey, give me one sentence on the D-backs and why you think they're going to be good. He told me Brandon Fott is yeah. going to be really improved this year. He said he could be their second or maybe their best starter. And Zach Allen's on that team, so that's big talk. So is Merrill Kelly. And if he's as good as people are saying, then you got Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Brandon Fott. Those are some, that's three guys who are really good and then a lot of potential around that fourth guy. That moves the needle for me. I'm not going to lie. That, t- that gets me going a little bit. So you got to hope that Suarez and Peterson can bring a little pop. There wasn't a lot of pop in that lineup last year. The small ball D-backs. Can Corbin Carroll get even better? Avoid that sophomore slump. Just continue his kind of, uh, he could be an MVP pace. But that rotation is really what I'm going to buy into because if you're going to play 162 games, give me the guys who are going to be out there every day. And if that's anything you can ask for from the D-backs is they're going to give you a good start at least three out of the five days every week. So it gives me a good chance to winning. I like that a lot. It's going to be a bloodbath in that division. Two, through, two, three, and four. I think there's going to be some really tough games there. And the Dodgers. This feels like the biggest lock in baseball. Obviously, we control the Dodgers. There's a lot to talk about in terms of their postseason shortcomings. But I think everyone can agree when it comes to winning regular season games and winning division titles, there's no one better than the Dodgers at doing that. They are going to win 100 games this year. Lock it in. They are going to win the NL West. Lock it in. All health, if health is all good. They are just so good, dude. They brought in so many guys this year. I mean, there's a lot of fun stories to monitor for a team that I think is going to run away with the division and win 100 games. I mean, Tyler Glass now just signed a five-year extension. He's the pitcher I'm most interested to watch outside of Yamamoto this year just because when he's right, he's really, really good. But when he's, like, he's hurt a lot. And they need him to be big this year, especially with Walker Bueller, who's apparently, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. People yeah. say he was going to be able to come back at the end of last year. But now they're worried about him missing opening day. So I'm I'm curious on what's going on there, Dodgers fans. Let me know what's going on with Bueller, because he's one of my favorite pitchers to watch. And he's nasty when he's healthy. And he also throws like 200 innings for them mm-hmm. when he's right. So that's really important to watch. Glass now only pitched 120 innings last year. Without Bueller being fully healthy, there's a lot of question marks there. And so that's a lot of pressure on Yamamoto, who got paid like an ace, to kind of be an ace in his first year in Major League Baseball. So who's going to be eating all those innings for the Dodgers is probably the biggest question for them. I mean, Yamamoto, if he can just do what Senga did in terms of the innings, he threw 170 last year. You'll take that. And he's supposed to be a lot better. So not a ton of storylines to watch in terms of critiques for the Dodgers, but nitpicks. And then once we get to the playoffs, we'll see how it goes. Kershaw also supposed to miss the start of the regular season. So, a lot of injuries there. Old. Old. But they don't really care. They could throw at anyone there. They're probably going to score 10 runs a game. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's crazy. Watching their lineup and seeing, hey, they can literally just have Otani, who won MVP last year. Mookie Betts finished his second MVP last year. Freddie Freeman finished third in MVP last year. One, two, three. This year, there's a world where they have one, two, and three in the MVP MVP category. I mean, that's wild. So those are my division predictions. I'm assuming you also have the Dodgers. Yeah. You got the Padres over the Giants? I do have the Padres over the Giants. 
That's my one, two, three. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Padres. Uh, I might I might switch. I don't know. We'll see. It, okay. it felt a little weird putting the Padres at four. After I talked about them, I wanted to move them. <laughs> because the way you talked about the Giants felt a little worse. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm, I, like, I'm open to changing. Or I'm, are you going to stick with your guns? I, I agree. After talking about them, I, I bought more into the Padres than I did to the Giants. You were like, oh, the Giants, you know. I want to believe in the Giants more, but on paper, it's tough for me. We'll, we'll go Padres free right now, Giants four. We'll switch it. And then if I have a epiphany, okay. I'll come back to it. But right now, you're right. I talked way more excited about the Padres than I did the Giants, so I can't put them above them. So we'll move them. We'll put Giants in four. Padres and free. This is the second episode I've made you switch something. I'm willing to listen, Ronnie. <laughs> we put the Marlins in. We moved them up a tier. We did. Yeah. And then we the brought pi- them down. <laughs> brought, brought down the Pirates. So Don't bring down the Pirates. You're always bringing me down. <laughs> no, I'm bringing you up. That is true. You're clarifying. This is what everyone in the comments wants to hear. All right. That's basically wraps up our division preview. Let's get to our last segment of the show. I asked you guys last week to give us five questions you wanted to talk. Uh, you wanted me to answer in the comment section. I scrolled through. I picked five. There were a ton, so thank you for commenting. I think over 100 comments on the first episode, so really appreciate all of you guys. And if you're up to this point, make sure you comment for next episode, five questions. These are all baseball questions. They can be non-baseball questions if you guys want, but we'll answer them right now. So, Ronnie, we'll both answer them, all right? We'll do this as a group segment. First question from Rev Dude Son. So proud of you guys and what you've done. Question, what is your favorite content to make with John Boy Media? Zoe and Ronnie both answered this question. Ronnie, I'll let you go first. Favorite content, I would have to say our We Gotta Shoot days when we go out on location onto an outdoor field and uh, we get cooking and then uh, we run some infield outfield. That's I agree. At the end of all of our shoot days, we run a little infield outfield practice. It's a beautiful thing. That is also my favorite piece of content. New videos every Monday. Make sure you watch. Next question from Sporty Good Times ask. Really enjoyed the first episode and stoked for your show. Appreciate the compliment. My question, if you're able to spend a night in an MLB ballpark, ballpark, this is a great question, which one would it be and what would you do? Yes, the concession stands are open. Oh, boy. This is a good question. Now, for me, it's immediately Fenway Park just because I grew up going to Fenway Park and having that as a playground and just eating Fenway Franks for a day. That's chalk. But if I had to pick another one, send me to Pittsburgh. Wow. You know, it's crazy how you immediately went immediately Fenway. That's your team. Yeah. My team's the Yankees. I was going to say immediately not the Yankees. Oh, because you've been there too much. I guess. And it's also not that. You don't want to have a chopped cheese at 2 a.m. <laughs> no, and it's like it's like a concrete building. It's very. Yeah, that's fair. It's almost like a museum. So it's mm. like if I'm looking for something a little more upbeat, I mean. A night in the Bronx is a different world. A night in the Bronx is a different world. Um, I would say I think I might go Petco. Petco's a good one. I think I like that. Petco. I like that. Go to California. Enjoy the nice weather. Yeah. That's a nice one. Yeah. That's a good question. So appreciate that. Next, we have Mad, Matteo Rokes. I think that's what you say. It. Very likely it doesn't happen, but do any of the free agents make it to opening day without a team? The big free agents, no. I could see like J.D. Martinez not having a contract by opening day. Right. But I think Montgomery and Snell get locked up. I don't know. I think both of them either come down or change their contract asks before the season. They're too good to be free agents when we say play ball on opening day. You just don't see it happening. I mean, you'd hope it. You hope for their sake. 
This is like Snell Machado, but just like lesser lesser sized contract. Not Snell Machado, uh, Harper Machado. Yeah. And they both waited so long to sign. Yeah, yeah. Their contracts are just going to come in at less money. It's like if they do wait until the season starts, then what happens? Like if the, they sign, let's say maybe a week or two into the season, they, they'll still have to ramp up. They can't start right away. Yeah, I just don't. You're right. I don't see it happening. But it's a good question. Maybe yeah. like a J.D. Martinez type, one of those smaller free agents, definitely. Snell, Montgomery, I think they'll both get locked up. We still got a month to go. So yeah. There's plenty of time. Yeah. Bellinger signed this weekend. Next episode, I think we're going to have another one. I will say, a week apart from episodes made me sad. I wanted to talk more baseball. So maybe we'll change that as the season gets going. Next question. Andy Klassen, 3487, asks, what's your take on people pushing for a baseball league that allows juicing and steroids? I love a steroid league. <laughs> Did you, this is, I'm guessing, based off of the Olympics they're doing yeah. on PEDs. Mm. I, I'm for it, man. I mean, go. For, who cares? Absolutely. It's yes. not Major League Baseball. Yes. Juice away, bro. Give me like a 45-year-old Manny Ramirez, probably a little older at this point, out there just fully juiced up, hitting tanks. That'd be awesome. I mean, sometimes I even want MLB to just a lot, let it go a little just bit. Let it, if everyone can do it, it's even. Okay, a little juicing. This everyone's juiced a little bit. Yeah, bring back the steroid era. Everyone talks so fondly of the steroid era in yeah. baseball. They all miss it. I think it's fun. If it's not Major League Baseball, who cares? Go out. They make more leagues where people are fully juiced up, and then during I don't know November to February, that's all that's on, oh. and people are just seeing old dudes hit tanks as they're fully roided out. That's awesome. Remember the the Saudi league that they started? Yeah, that was a fun storyline for a yeah. week. They should just make that the steroid league in Saudi and have just old Robinson Cano and Bartolo Colon. Just out there shoving? Did yeah. you see Pablo Sandoval take a minor league contract with the Giants? Yeah, he looks if, best shape of his life. If he was fully roided up in this league, just hitting oh. like 50 tanks, Dude. I'd be watching. Yeah. I, I'm into it. So, that hey, good question. That's fun. I'm all for fun. Allow it. Last question we have from HeartLady724. How is it being a Red Sox fan in an office of majority Yankees fans? Any fun stories? No particular fun stories. Um, Mostly I don't care about it in the sense like it doesn't really bother me. Sometimes I find it interesting when I forget that I am actively rooting against the success of the team that everyone else in the office, their like joy rides on. And I'm like, I want them to be bad actively. It's also interesting when... There's a massive Yankees podcast at the company that the better that does. You know, I'm rooting for that. So it is interesting, but sometimes it stinks when, like, the Red Sox are really good, and I'm like, oh, I don't really have anyone fully to talk about it. But Jack's also a Red Sox fan, so that's nice. Doesn't really bother me that much. Other sports, it, it's more weird, in my opinion. I'm surprised we – I mean, they both – the Yankees and Red Sox in recent years both haven't been good at the same time. I think that's a big reason. The Red Sox have been ass since I worked here. Yeah, it's either – or the Yankees last year. I mean, they yeah. were both bad, so it's like – I feel like the moment that both teams are, like, jockeying for first place in the I division, agree. I think there'll be more kind of, like, Red Sox-Yankee banter. I agree. Because right now, it's like, what am I going to say? The Red Sox finished last the two years I've worked at John Boy Media. Right. That's tough for me. I can't really... I got no... no nothing ammo. to talk about. But when it comes to, like, other sports, it, it's more like, uh, like, the Celtics played the Knicks this past weekend. That's a good one. And this... I was actively, like, if the Celtics lose, I'm going to hear it on Monday. Yeah. And I didn't want to handle that. <laughs> So that I might hate, I might be rooting against the Knicks more than I am rooting against the Yankees right, right yeah. now, which is an interesting dynamic. And I'm rooting against the Celtics more than I am. The, because they're both good yes. in first and second in the conference. So it matters more. Right now, Red Sox get good. And then, you know, I'll be a little bit more upset with you. That 
that basically brings an end to the second episode of Swamp Talk Radio. Thank you guys for listening, viewing, watching, and taking some time out of your day. I appreciate you as always. Thank you to producer Ronnie. And make sure you guys subscribe. We'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye.